You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season two. It's episode 77. We look back at the Cubs' slow start in 2023. In this segment, Crawley interviews baseball writer for the Tribune. Talk about the similarities between the Brant Brown drop ball back in 98 and the Seiya Suzuki 2023 game. It's uh, our guy, Paul Sullivan. He was at both those games and in the locker rooms for both those infamous games. Joining me now on the Fly the W podcast, you recognize him from his writings with the Chicago Tribune, baseball writer extraordinaire Paul Sullivan. How you doing, Sully? Doing great. How are you, Crawley? Um, you know, we were talking beforehand. It, it was a, a brutal end of the season. I know that you've been around for a while. Uh, a lot of collapses. I, you know, I just think of, you know, 98, they backed in, 2004. Would you put 2009 in that category as collapse? I don't know. 2009, uh, I don't know. Were they leading? I know they were in it in September, and uh, certainly it was uh, a bad month, but uh, I can't remember if they were leading or not. I just, Milton Bradley and some of those guys yeah. on that team was, oh God, yeah. that was just brutal. Where does this rank for you as far as, as all time Cubs collapses? Whoa, that's a tough one. Uh, I got to say, it's near the top. Uh, 04 to me is still the. Uh, the quintessential collapse because that was a uh, self-inflicted um, and uh, that had probably the most talented team that uh, didn't get into the playoffs that I've ever seen for the Bulls or for the Cubs. Um, and uh, 19 was bad too. The, uh, the Craig Kimbrell game where he gave up the, the home runs, the Cardinals, two mm -hmm. home runs. I think it was uh, Molina and maybe Dijon. I can't remember. But uh, that was a killer, too. And that was obviously uh, Joe Madden's last year. But th it, this one was totally unique to me because uh, it, it just went on for so long. It was so slow. And uh, they kept losing. But they weren't really losing a lot of ground, it seemed like. The other teams weren't taking advantage of it until, like, obviously the last week in Atlanta and Milwaukee when – when everything went wrong. But, uh, I mean, when you think about it, it started, uh, I think September 7th or 8th, uh, and, uh, it lasted like three weeks and uh, just some of the things that, uh, it was just unbelievable the way it ended. But, uh, it's, it's a shame because it really was up until then it was a pretty fun season. Absolutely. I mean, I keep thinking how much fun the summer was, but you know, when you talk about the strange events that happened in this, in this collapse, you know, the, the one thing, and, and you wrote about it in this great article in the Chicago Tribune called uh, Chicago Cubs blown game in Atlanta is a blast from the past. And when I saw that, you know, when we're watching that game, game one, and, and, you know, it was Justin Steele and he had a couple bad outings and, and it looked like he righted the ship and it, you know, the Cubs had a lead and, and all of a sudden, you know, you it was just a classic Cubs moment where you're just kind of holding your breath, holding whatever you can. That Are they going to hold on to the game? And then you see that ball slicing towards Seiya, and it looks like he has it, and, and, and you're about to take a breath. And at the last second, he drops it. And I did, like Ron Santo in 98, I yelled, oh, no. I mean, stunning. Yeah. Yeah, I was, uh, of course, in the press box writing, and uh, – I actually stood up because I couldn't believe it, I, what I had just seen because the TV monitors there, you, you can't really see them from where I was sitting unless you stood up. So 
I immediately stood up because I, I couldn't tell what happened because it was right to him and he didn't seem to have any problem. Uh, and then I saw Maddie uh, Lee from the Sun-Times and she stood up and both of us were like, uh, what happened? And looked up at the screen and uh, saw the replay and, uh, you know, his wincing afterwards, like, you know, squinting his eyes. That was that was very sad because it seemed like he lost in the lights. You weren't sure if he was like, you know, starting to cry. It was very weird. And then uh, obviously had to uh, start uh, cranking out a story. (laughs) So I didn't even, I don't even know if I watched any of the at-bats in the ninth inning by the Cubs, but I heard they were not good. And then uh, the the post game was just awful because, you know, no one was, no one wanted to talk, and uh, obviously, say I had to talk, and uh, he he was just looked devastated, like there's tears in his eyes, and it was it was, you know, like you said, your first thought was Brant Brown. Obviously, anyone who had gone through that, as I did, uh, will always remember that game, and uh, so then after that, uh, I I looked up the Brant Brown game story and kind of like. Did a little thing on uh, the similarities and how Brent Brown reacted, how Saya reacted, and uh, it was it was really amazing how how similar they were. Yeah, and and you were there in '98, and so when you're watching this in Atlanta, I mean, it has to be deja vu to you to kind of you know for for our younger listeners out there, you know, the Cubs are looking to clinch the wild card and and, and, and you know same kind of situation and Brant Brown's the left fielder and it just clunks off his glove. I mean this one say yeah. just completely whiffed it. Yeah. But it, it, it it's it's shocking like you said how eerie when I read the article and I and I see the quotes from the teammates you got Mark Grace in there and you got the the rat Gary Gaetti in there yeah and, and Rod the shooter Rod Beck and and, and then all these guys I mean it, it it's remarkable and, and you also have Pat Hughes who called both games about how eerie that was. Yeah, I ran into Pat Hughes when I was coming up from the press box um, the the day of the Saya game, and uh, we we were he was shaking his head, and we were like, because I, I thought that maybe we were the only two people in the media that were at both games. I, I could be wrong, but uh, it seemed that way. And certainly, I was the only reporter because uh, I'm such an old guy and everything, but. Uh, yeah, the, the difference to me, the main difference was that was a day game, of course, in Milwaukee. And afterwards, you know, we had all the time in the world to wait for these guys. And, and back then it was a different atmosphere. The players all were willing to talk because they all wanted to have uh, Brant Brown's back. And on this one, it didn't seem like too many were, want, were around to talk or even wanted to talk. But uh, the ones that did, I think maybe Dansby, I can't remember who else, they definitely had Saya's back. Um, and like like Saya, Brant Brown was crying too. But uh, he, he stood there and answered questions for a good 20 minutes, wave after wave of reporter, because all the TV people were up there as well, because that was still the Sammy Sosa home run race. So, uh, I mean, that was the story, even as much as the Cubs – playoff run was big the sammy home run thing was was just as big so uh just two unbelievable occurrences the linked by a missed fly ball and uh, that's just one of the things about 
Cubs history that's so great that uh, people uh, can look back on uh, past uh, history and, and associate them together, even in a bad moment. I'm sure there's a lot of home runs that you look back on, the Homer and McGloman and, you know, Sammy's home runs and stuff like that that are similar. But you can also look back on the things that went wrong and say, oh, yeah, well, I remember blah, blah, blah. And uh, you don't really do that in football, I don't think. I mean, I don't I don't watch a Bears game and say, oh, I remember when you know, Kent Nix blew that game to the Broncos. So that's, yeah, what, that's why you love baseball, right? What did, what did Lou Pinella call them? Cubby occurrences? Cubby occurrences, yeah. <laughs> it's Little a funny, funny note. I was told once I had mentioned Cubby occurrences so many times back then that my one of my editors told me to stop stop writing about it because yeah you, you can't have every cubby everything that goes bad a cubby occurrent paul because you know it's just, just too many things that go bad and <laughs> so i i put it to rest for a few years and then uh now i just bring it up every once in a while well that was definitely one and then i instantly thought of ron santo and, and i thought i thought jim uh, jim deshays had a, with that oh my goodness you know yeah. i think for a certain generation of cub fans that Oh my goodness. And that way, like, like I yeah. think for Jim Deshays, that was probably his first cubby occurrence. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. And uh, Boog uh, in the uh, Saya one, he had an oh no too. I heard. I, I wasn't watching because obviously I was at the game, but uh, I saw the replay and he, he didn't oh no as well. And I mean, that's your first reaction whenever you see a disaster. Oh no. And uh, <laughs> so we, we do have a, quite a grand history of oh no's in the Chicago Cubs lore. Now, you also wrote another article that, that I always enjoy. I, I'm still a newspaper guy. I, I, I still love getting my paper and reading the articles and stuff. And, and you wrote that all eyes are on manager David Ross and the Chicago Cubs stretch run. And, and the line that really just got to me is he could wind up National League Manager of the Year if the Cubs make it to the postseason. He could be savaged on social media if they don't. And I, I think we kind of understand that they obviously didn't. He's going to be sad. He was, he is being savaged on social media, but it's remarkable, Paul, how like, again, it, it's, it's, you know, for people, I think maybe outside of, of Cub fandom that are just kind of watching on the outside, you know, it's like, oh my God, look at the Cubs. They've come this far. David, Ra David, David Ross turned them from 10 under to 12 over, but, but, you know, for, I think maybe social media just kind of changes things, but it's almost like you're looking and you're second guessing so much more. And there was a lot of odd decisions that kind of, especially in September, but throughout the year that had kind of fans wondering. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was weird. It's, it's always going to be that way for Ross. I think, uh, it just, uh, there's always going to be a certain percentage of the, uh, fandom that doesn't like his moves. Um, and he, he replies by saying, well, I'm the manager, you're not, um, and I'll make my moves that I'm going to make. He's kind of defensive about it, but he is the manager. So, you know, he does have that uh, discretion. Um, but some of the, I have to admit that, uh, even if you don't like his moves, some of the things people say on social media are just totally, uh, out, out of bounds. So like the game, uh, I think it was the second game in Atlanta when they lost. Someone wrote, uh, and this wasn't just like a five or ten follower. This was a guy that had a thousand or so followers or something like that. And he, he writes, uh, David Ross has ruined my life. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, if, if your life is that shallow that it can be ruined by a baseball, a loss in a baseball game that you have nothing to do with, then 
you need to uh, really look into uh, your life and, you know, what you've done wrong to this point, because, uh, you know, it's entertainment. It's not life or death. I'm sure it's upsetting to people when the Cubs lose. But, and, you know, you can blame the manager. Every manager goes through the same thing. They get blamed. And, but, you know, really, the, just the, even the Cub t-shirt company, what's it called? The obvious, obvious shirts. They had one. It wasn't anti-Ross, but it was like, oh, this is the end of, oh, I can't believe this is happening to us. So like, you're a t-shirt company that made a ton of money off the Cubs. Uh, shut up and, you know, take your money and run. I, don't be like acting like this is the end of the world. It's it's bad streak and, you know, you're going to live. We'll all survive. We've gone through this before. Just the, the angst when the Cubs lose a game sometimes is just so over the top. It's And honestly, it, it's why a lot of friends of mine that are Sox fans hate the Cubs because of that. What did Joe Madden say? Take 30 minutes to celebrate a win, 30 minutes to mourn a loss, and then move on? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we've had some of the most unbelievable crushing defeats in history. I mean, the game six and uh, 03, the Saya game, uh, the Brant Brown game, 69 Cubs. I mean, you can just go on and on. The Gatorade and, glove? What's that? <laughs> the Gatorade glove? The Gatorade glove, uh, Rhino, in the 84. Oh, I mean, it, it's just it's, staggering. But uh, we always come back. I mean, it, it's not the end of the world. It's just a terrible moment in your sporting life. And uh, you get over it. Just the drama. Just like, like, oh, this could only happen to me. No, it happens to other teams, too. You just don't know their history. <laughs> now, now, when you You're were You're not there, like that, are you, Crawley? I, 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 yeah, it takes me like a beer or two to get back, back okay, on my horse. A beer but, or two uh, is fine, <laughs> but stay off social media and, uh, you know, just, just learn to live. It's not the yeah. end of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, you were there the other day, um, or when the, uh, when Jed Hoyer had his, uh, you know, as far as his end of the year press conference, what did you take away most from that press conference? What did you walk away thinking, you know, really kind of stood out in your head? Um, I don't know. What surprised me was him saying that they're going to look at uh, everything under a microscope to see what went wrong because uh, I, you don't really need a microscope. We, we all saw what went wrong. The bullpen obviously was not strong enough and could not afford to have the closer injured. Um, you know, the players were fatigued because uh, Ross played them all down the stretch, uh, almost every day, all of his regulars, because uh, he didn't really trust his bench, and nor maybe he shouldn't have, because his bench had like Pete Crow Armstrong and you know Canario and uh, Master Boney, and uh, it wasn't a very strong bench. So, you know, they could have had a better bench if they had had some uh, thought about that at the all at the trade deadline, which of course they were just trying to survive then, I guess, but. Uh, he pointed out, he said, well, we're going to look at this under a microscope. And then he pointed out basically the main reasons why they they went under. But the only thing I think that he left out was that uh, uh, some of the roster decisions that he made also contributed to that. Because if you had had signed someone like, uh, I don't know who, but 
if you didn't have to have Mancini, Hosmer, uh, Rios, guys like that, Barnhart, uh, he signed some players that you know weren't even there at the end of the year and forced them to go to these kids, and it hurt their depth. So if he had had some uh, better signings um, in the offseason, uh, maybe they wouldn't have had to go through that. Now, uh, you know, he also mentioned in that press conference that, you know, for Dave Ross, I mean, he's, he's under contract until 2024. And I think they have a team option for 2025. I mean, you know, how much do you feel that he's going to be on the hot seat, if at all? I don't know. It's a different uh, thing with Ross. I mean, um, he's definitely on the fans hot seat and he'll probably be on maybe some of the betting line hot seats, but, uh, I don't get the impression that the Cubs are anywhere close to, you know, putting the finger on him for any of this. Um, and, uh, you know, if they get off to a bad start, you know, maybe maybe we'll hear something. But uh, I really think Jed wants to pick up that option uh, just to take that off his back and not to, you know, no one wants to go into a lame duck year in, in this day and age just because of uh, – the media and Twitter and everything, and it'll be daily speculation, you know, about you losing your job. But, you know, that's what options are about. So uh, I would hope that they would make him win before they pick it up. But I really think that they really want to pick it up. Well, Sully, I appreciate you jumping on and and, and our Listeners can follow you at uh, on. Uh, they can read your articles in the Chicago Tribune, either print or digital. Where can they find you on the socials? Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter or X, as they call it. Some people um, at P W Sullivan, and uh, the same address on. Uh, I don't even remember the other day. Threads, threads, threads or go, thread, yeah. and uh, I also uh, post some photos on. Instagram at PW Sullivan, same thing, but uh, I don't, those aren't, uh, I don't really write much on there. So, but well, so uh, you I get, get the Tribune anytime and uh, I appreciate it, Crawley. Uh, you hang in there. I'll see you at the Cubs convention. Absolutely, sir. And, and thank you so much for another great year of great coverage. You know, I've been, like I said, reading your stuff forever, you know, just always enjoyable and you do a great job, Paul. Appreciate you jumping on. Thanks a lot.